With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. Jay Kokorowski here for another edition. It's been a while, right? Apologies on that uh, for not doing a show in maybe, what, six weeks to a couple months. Life got a little busy. Uh, back on track. It is fall camp time for the Wisconsin Badgers football program. And this is another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And we are going warp speed into this. Thanks for listening. And I'm recording on a Sunday night. So, uh, we'll, you know, I've been to three fall camp practices. Did not make it to Big Ten Media Days, but did make it to the local media day back on August 1st, which was last Wednesday, along with those three practices that were open to the media. Now, Wisconsin... For that matter, practiced uh, today on Sunday, but it was closed to the media. So, but we'll be allowed back in uh, tomorrow morning, and so you'll, you know, during the week, probably have another two to three, I think. Yeah, let's let's, let's shoot for two to three. Come up in the next uh, week or so to just, just go through and, and camp observations, some interviews. I got tons of interviews uh, coming up, maybe ten minutes or so. You'll hear about uh, from Caden Lyles back on Media Day uh, about his transition. So some interesting tidbits there. Uh, who talked to him, uh, his expectations, his goals. Uh, and, and hopefully on Bucky's fifth quarter we'll have uh, an interview up on, with him. Uh, we'll have not just an interview uh, on this podcast, but we'll have an article and a feature. I'm hoping to speak uh, with uh, defensive coordinator Jim Leonard tomorrow. And the reason why is because uh, we'll get into the, some observations going forward along with a mailbag but it really looks like you know it's interesting i mean he's been working with the first team defensive line what you can assume is the first team defensive line that includes olive Songapolu at nose tackle aaron Vopel at defensive end and then lyles at the other defensive end spot and that's surprising uh first and foremost let's just say that just because he just converted from being an offensive lineman, an interior offensive lineman, playing guard or center, and now he is over at <laughs> he's over at uh, nose uh, was it well not nose tackle but defensive end. So uh, we'll we'll break into that. We'll talk about some initial observations there. Give me five to seven minutes there. Uh, we'll talk about those initial impressions at defensive line, cornerback, safety. Offensive line, some injuries early on, uh, roster moves. We'll do a mailbag after we play the audio from Caden Lyles. And then, uh, but let's start off first. Let's talk some trade news, folks. It's a uh, basketball end, right? Uh, Sam Decker got Woj bombed on Sunday. And according to the report from Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, Sam Decker will now be a Cleveland Cavalier. And uh, being traded from the Los Angeles Clippers to Cleveland. And uh, best of luck to Sam. Obviously, uh, just got married earlier uh, this summer as well. Uh, congratulations there. 
and we'll see how the new start does for them. In Cleveland, we have the, uh, the uh, an article up on Bucky's fifth quarter from Mike Fiametta, our managing editor. Uh, and, yeah, make sure you guys check it out there. We'll see what uh, what Sam can do in the Eastern Conference uh, against the Cavaliers. And I'm sure uh, Milwaukee Bucks fans that are also Wisconsin Badger fans that, that Venn diagram melding together um, will be excited to see him in action at the new uh, the Fiserv Forum uh, in Milwaukee, which I'm excited for being in Milwaukee, uh, born and raised. Uh, that's my hometown right there. So, uh, so yeah, those are big news that just happened uh, earlier today. Yeah, from yesterday, from this weekend, right? Uh, going straight into football recruiting. Spencer Lytle, high high three star offensive, not offensive outside linebacker from Bellflower, California, St. John Bosco. Committed to Wisconsin, gave his verbal pledge to the Badgers on Saturday afternoon uh, around 3 uh, central time. So that was big news there for uh, Wisconsin fans. They get, uh, you know, with this coaching staff, Jim Leonard, Paul Chris, they get a very talented prep linebacker named to the Butkus Award High School watch list for the 2018 season. According to Rivals, he had 42 offers. And from what he told us, uh, back in June, for Bucky's fifth quarter, that article we had, uh, Clemson and Wisconsin were his top schools. It sounded like throughout the other recruiting services, it was either Wisconsin or Clemson, and the Badgers beat the Tigers on the recruiting front there. So big win there. Uh, he officially visited in June, and that was along with uh, uncommitted target Bryce Benhart, uh, who was in that weekend of June 8th, also on that visit were Wisconsin commits, Graham Mertz, Logan Brown, Joe Titman, Hayden Rucci, Marcus Graham, Keanu Benton, uh, and I'm sure I'm missing one more. Uh, I guess there's said Hayden Rucci. Anyways, a bunch of Badger commits were in town, right? And they he verbally committed. So uh, now you're going to see, you know, uh, you know what uh, he does in a Badger uniform uh, come next season. All the recruiting, uh, you know, services rank him as a high three-star outside linebacker, and then according to 24/7 Sports composite rankings, he is the number 28 outside linebacker in the nation uh, for the class of 2019. So, uh, Wisconsin gets a talented prep uh, def- defensive player, uh, and we'll see how that turns out. If obviously down the road, so uh, got those two things out of the way. Let's talk some fall camp, right? And that's what we're here for. And let's talk roster moves first and foremost, right? Uh, on Wisconsin's local media day, did not see Patrick Castle on the 105-man roster. Kudos to Zach Halpern for seeing that. And when asked about it, Paul Chris said he left the program. He wanted to concentrate on academics. And that is going towards his major where it's biomedical engineering, which is quite the major to get into and to, to, to throw yourself into. And, you know, we noticed it during fall or during not fall, but spring practices where he wasn't there at times. And that's because of class and just the way it goes. And uh, best of luck to Patrick. That sounds like a really intriguing field and sounds like he's, he could do a great job in it. So uh, best of luck to Patrick there. Uh, also on the offensive line, along with Caden Lyles going to the defensive line, Brett Connors is no longer with the program. That looks like, uh, based off of just some comments and during Big, Big Ten Media Days, just uh, moving on. And, uh, you know, he was big in 2016, playing center, saw, you know, a former walk-on, 
uh, making his presence known and, and really, you know, uh, was a key reserve last year. Um, you know, and uh, it'd be interesting to see who steps up now where you have Castle, you have Connors, you have Lyles gone. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but you also have guys like David Mormon, you have Logan Bruss, Tyler Beach, some redshirt freshmen, uh, and then also David Mormon, who's a redshirt junior. We'll see how that, that, that pans out. Um, obviously they have some really good depth there and, uh, we'll, we'll see how the chips fall, uh, on that note, but also Sam Brodner running back, uh, in my opinion, a victim of too much depth on, on that running back chart with Jonathan Taylor. Garrett Groshek, Chris James, Bradrick Shaw, once he gets fully healed from his knee injury. Uh, you have Taiwan Deal, Nakia Watson, the true freshman. So it will be very interesting to watch uh, You know, watch where he lands. Uh, best of luck to all of them uh, that left the program. Is. Now, this comes to the part where we talk about the initial impressions that I've gotten over the first three days of fall camp and really guys, it, you know, I, a disclaimer, it is the only the first three days of camp, right? So I, I mean, I don't want to, there's, there's some things to glean from thing, you know, to, to take from, uh, the first three days, uh, Lyles being a first team defensive lineman really pops out. John Dietzen receiving first team reps at offensive line is another, uh, where, you know, you see the confidence in the coaching staff to put them out there right away. But, uh, I mean, I will disclaim, I mean, things can change. Let's talk, you know, first and foremost, Jonathan Taylor, right? He was a reserve running back, maybe worked with the scout team the first couple of weeks. And next thing you know, we see him as a co-starter on the opening depth chart as they faced Utah State back last season. So what I'll say is just hold off on that. Really, it's a, you know, you know, like I'm going to tell you what, I've think thought over the you know the, for the initial impressions so far, uh, but also note that things can drastically change. Okay, uh, with that, let's I'm gonna kick it off right right off the bat with Caden Lyles being a first team defensive defensive end with Aaron Vopel, uh, and then with nose tackle Olive Sangapolu, and what really I mean obviously can be discerned as and implied as the first team defensive line. That's huge, uh, and you you saw, I mean Lyles is a former four star offensive lineman. Uh, whether or not, um, and this is part of the mailbag question. We'll we'll talk about whether or not this is going to be his his home for the for the rest of his collegiate career. Uh, I'm skeptical, but I'll go into that question in a little bit. But really, it's uh, it, it was huge to see him out there. And then the second team defensive line was Matt Henningsen, a walk on from Menominee Falls. And then uh, you had David Pfaff, redshirt junior, with true freshman Bryson Williams being that second team nose tackle. That's how I implied it as. And uh, like I said, it's uh, they 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 were going to move him over for a reason, right? And so that's going to be uh, really interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, you know, and if that stays true, especially with Isaiah Loudermilk. And we'll see what the prognosis, you know, how just how far away he is. Uh, you see him on the stationary bike, uh, or doing some sort of conditioning here and there when he's at practice. So you know, you you think that he should be, back, you know, he's, I know he talked about to us in during media day about you know, sometime you're probably expecting, uh, you know, he thought that maybe the first couple of games. We'll see though, uh, but I would say, I mean. Lyles, I mean, he looks the part. Uh, I'm not seeing anything that's really glaring on his end. He's a 323-pound uh, defensive end. Uh, but, I mean, if they, they wouldn't put
put him over there unless they thought he could do something. So keep your eyes peeled for that uh, going forward. Looking at, I mean, same with this, the secondary, right? Uh, or with the defense, I should say. The secondary. Safeties. Let's start that off first. Uh, first pairings that I've seen, you know, Dakota Dixon, Scotty Nelson with the first, you know, I would assume as the first team. But, you know, I've also noticed too, uh, and you guys will notice like in my report that I had on, I'm taking a look at it right now, on um, Wednesday, uh, Saturday. Uh, look at all the pairings that they had when it came to, you know, I, I won't list all of them, but Dixon and Patrick Johnson got some reps and, and both Nelson and Johnson worked together as part of the first team safety group during the spring. But you saw Johnson and, and true freshman Reggie Pearson work on there. Uh, I saw, you know, who's listed as a cornerback, Travian Blaylock. Also, you know, he looks like he's going to be over at safety working with Eric, you know, and he was paired with Eric Burrell on Saturday at times. Uh, Seth Currens and Evan Bondock were there and whatnot. Even Nelson and, and Burrell were in together too. So, I mean, honestly, it's, um, what can I say? Uh, you know, like I said, it's still a lot to be deciphered. I would say probably right now, Nelson and Dixon, uh, Nelson did have an interception on Saturday and he was very happy about it to say the least. Uh, but again, we'll see what plays out of that. Uh, and you know, there's still plenty of time. We'll see what Patrick Johnson can do. Uh, I thought he played well during the spring, uh, just like Nelson and we'll see what he can do. Uh, but I think safety, even though, you know, Dixon may be the most experienced guy, I think there's talent there and, and I'm really, you know, I think they'll be fine at that position. Cornerback. I mean, you know, Dante Carrier Williams is the number one. It's like, it's like safety where they have a returning starter, and I count Carrier Williams almost as a starter because they used so much nickel package last year that he's got the game experience. But now that Derek Tyndall and Nick Nelson are gone, he is the man uh, back at cornerback. And uh, he is the starter. He's the leader of that, that group, really. Uh, but, you know, you also have some, some talent there. And, uh, you know, I saw Madison Cohn uh, with, paired with him uh, yesterday. Uh, you know, Fayon Hicks got the first team reps to start the um, the fall camp uh, in, you know, in a pairings where they had uh, DCW and Hicks, uh, who's a talented redshirt freshman who I think could make a big impact too. But then there's also got, you know, Caesar Williams uh, and Cone were also paired together before the injury. And then uh, Duran Harrell uh, stepped in for Hicks. And I think that's going to be interesting right there where, Honestly, you know, like he stepped in and, and, you know, I think it was on Friday's practice uh, where, you know, he stepped in for Carrier Williams or with Carrier Williams in that pairing. And uh, I know there's a question in the mailbag. I'll get to that too. But, you know, that's he may be the fifth cornerback right now. So, but, you know, you also saw stuff with Conan Harrell yesterday. So, like I said, there's some mixing, some matching, some pairing. Um, I'm not reading too much into it uh, until they get, you know, maybe a week or so more into fall camp. There. Um, let's see. Other key callouts. Offensive line. Uh, I won't go into every position group, by the way. I don't feel like we need to do that here right now. Uh, but offensive line, John Dietzen. He, on Saturday, worked again with the first-team offensive line. Didn't necessarily take a lot of reps on Friday. Uh, not in the team-team section that I saw. It was mostly Cole Van Lannen on Friday. I think a little bit of Logan Bruss. But you know, uh, it's going to be, De- I think it's either going to be Dietz or Van Landen in that position now that Castle's out. And I feel, I mean, Dietz, I mean, I haven't necessarily looked too much at him, but I, you know, if he can stay healthy, uh, it should be interesting to see how he can move 
And, you know, he told me on local media day, it's going to take a little bit of time, you know, a little bit of a learning curve out there. I mean, think Michael Dieter last year where he had to do that. Uh, but really, you know, it, it'll be, uh, if they wouldn't put him out there if they didn't trust him that he could possibly do that job. So, and we'll see what, you know, how he pushes Cole Van Landing because Cole didn't necessarily have the competition to push him during the spring where I feel Tyler Beach had a decent spring and could make an impact on the road, but not necessarily right now. Uh, you know, there's a, I know from, uh, we reported it yesterday and a few other reporters noted too, just a scuffle between him and Caden Lyles during some lineman drills. But then, uh, I didn't see it, but others noted it where, uh, apparently he pancaked Aaron Vopel, uh, the drill after. So, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I think that, I mean, you know, I think another year for Tyler Beach, he could be up there uh, competing uh, in that position too. So uh, we'll see. Well, like I said, we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, Injury-wise, TJ Edwards uh, yesterday, you know, upper right leg injury looked like. Um, Emmett Perry had, had an upper left leg injury. The, you know, Xander Neville was at the tight end. Uh, interesting there where, uh, I mean, like I said, these, these injuries don't appear to be serious. They're nothing crazy. It was, uh, you know, a, a upper right leg injury. Or I don't know if it was upper right leg, but it was a right leg injury. Uh, not the knee, according to UW officials. So it's not like anything to do with his knee or that ACL tear that he had last season. So it'll be something to watch uh, there. Uh, obviously, uh, Fayon Hicks with his uh, hamstring, uh, you know, they call it a, a right leg injury, but he was icing his hamstring. Nothing confirmed or official, but... When you remember the back of your leg like that after running, um, you know, it could indicate that. Uh, so, uh, you know, Adam Krumholtz, right foot, but those, like I said, they don't appear to be serious. Uh, so we'll see that. Even I saw Adam Krumholtz working after practice yet yesterday too. So we'll see what Monday's injury report holds on that note. So I've been long-winded with my explanations there. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to someone we've talked about already, Caden Lyles. Here's the interview I had with him on Wednesday, August first, uh, the day before fall camp kicked off uh, for you know during Wisconsin Badgers local media day, and uh, here he is here on Bucky's fifth podcast. So we're here with Caden Lyles, and uh, you've had a busy summer. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, how's, how's been, I know you haven't necessarily gone out for a practice yet as a nice tackle, but how's the transition mentally and whatnot going to the other side of the ball? Um, you know, just talking with my coaches, they have a vision for me. So, you know, that kind of helped me get into it. And then, you know, always being with the Levy and defensive line and all the free time we had uh, during summer to watch film and get on the field and get some position work in and so all that kind of stuff it kind of helped me to what I need to do for this camp and move forward so how did the conversation come about like is it, or how, you know, who talked to you about the position you know about switching positions and, and what was your you know reaction to being asked to move to nose tackle you know it was uh, coach Chris Rudolph and Noakes collectively just wanted to talk and you know we all just sat down and I just heard what they wanted to say and but uh, they feel like will be best for me, and so I listened and wanted to get uh, just all the information possible from them and see what how they could guide me into the best position for me. So. And say like, when, when was that conversation then? I think it was mid June. Mid June. So yeah. Uh, what have you picked up already? 
uh, early on, just looking at film, and, and, and I know uh, I read the UW Badger Michael Dieter talked about how you know giving them the fits during the during scout team walks. But like, uh, what are some of the things that you know you picked up already just look watching film and whatnot? Um, it's just like the twitch and uh, strength that you need to have as a defensive lineman. You know, coming off, you can't waste any time to get to your fit. And you just, uh, just points of contact, twitch, just everything that goes into just being as physical and fast as you can be as a defensive lineman. I think that's uh, one of the big things I have to learn. So. Uh, any other adjustments that you feel like you're going to have to, that, that might take some time or that you'll have to adjust to? I mean, obviously it's a completely new. Yeah, so speed and just like terminology, the concepts of what they want, what they're trying to accomplish with my movements and the rest of the defense is. Um, I think that's just a big thing, and just be able to understand all that and see where every, how everything flows, and just be able to pick everything up with all that. Did and you watching film? Did you guys come out in the field and do stuff too? And mm -hmm. how many times a week do you imagine doing like? Um, as much as many times as possible. You know, sometimes we came out on the weekends, um, during the week after before lifts. I mean, just depending on what it was. Uh, we tried to get walkthroughs in at the beginning after I learned a new concept. And then it went into position work to try to get the uh, fits and what it looked like with that after watching film and everything. So, you know, once the coaches uh, left and left it up to us, you know, it was just me, Olive, and then a few other D linemen. Isaiah, he's helped me out a lot. So. Just to be able to learn as much as possible, translate that to whatever uh, leads next, whether you know, whatever hold the future holds. So to be able to be the best me and just be able to provide as much as I can for the team. And folks, that was Caden Lyles uh, talking during local media day, and like. Takes us into our first mailbag question, right? Peter Swanson, and thank you guys. We got four questions. I put this out literally an hour ago, and y'all came through. So awesome. Appreciate you guys there. Uh, Peter Swanson, at Peter G. Swanson asks, give us your best guess at the D-line rotation. That is a great question, and one that really depends upon the health of Isaiah Loudermilk, as we talked about earlier. He depends on when he comes back, if it's the first couple of games of the season. Uh, without louder milk, I think it's what you see right now, unless someone really steps up at defensive line. I think the rotation will probably be Aaron Vopel uh, and Lyles at end. Then Faf and, and Henningsen, who we've seen during the first few days of fall camp. And I'm going to keep an eye on that too going forward. I mean, honestly, it's my biggest area of concern. If you guys read our roundtables, Honestly, it's uh, I think that defensive line with Connor Sheehy, Chikwe Obashi, Alec James at ends, three experienced ends with 156 games of experience. And then Song Apollo in the middle. That was a that allowed the open holes for Ryan Conley and TJ Edwards and allowed Garrett Dooley and Leon Jacobs to get the edge and and whatnot. So uh I, I I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens, but right now I'll say without louder milk, Vopel, Lyles, and I think Henningsen uh, there at end, possibly Faf, uh, because since they're in the two deep, and then Bryson Williams at nose tackle for this, you know, as a backup to Songapolu. We'll see what happens. You could always have someone emerge like a Jonathan Taylor last year. Again, it's the first three days. 
Uh, not to, you know, you can't really bet the house on something right now, but uh, until, but when Loudermilk comes back, then I would probably say you at least have four guys there at end where you have Lyles, Vopel, Loudermilk, and then maybe Henning, Henningsen on that note. Uh, like I said, again, Faf could step up to the redshirt junior. So we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes down uh, going forward. That would be my best guess right now. And I don't think, it's, I'm not betting Loudermilk will be back until I see the injury report saying that he's either questionable or uh, he's off the list altogether. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Thank you for the question, Peter. Now we got, uh, let's take a look here. It is Brendan Fanning at B-R-E-N-D-O-N-F-A-N-N-I-N-G. Uh, do you see Duran Harrell, who we talked about just a little bit ago, challenging for the second corner spot? I'm not sure if Fan Hicks was not injured. I'm unsure. I mean, I think he's number five defensive back right now, uh, or maybe along with fighting with Dante Burton for that. I'm I haven't seen much of Burton really during camp uh, for that note, uh, at least because I think you know right now it's Dante Carrier Williams, Madison Cohn, Caesar Williams, and Fan Hicks really kind of being the. The two deep, in my opinion, but with the injury to the fan Hicks, which does not appear to be serious, I mind you. I, I mean, you know, Harold stepped up and he, you know, he had a nice pass breakup uh, yesterday uh, on the field north of Camp Randall Stadium, that practice field there. So that, you know, uh, I know that he was excited about that. And I think, you know, he, it's, he's a converted wide receiver, uh, can still learn the position, obviously. But, you know, he was paired up with Dante Carrier-Williams. And so that's something to watch uh, to see how much he progresses and take adv- you know takes advantage of reps. We talk about walk-ons having the opportunity to take advantage of their reps whenever they have an opportunity, you know, whenever they're, they get some reps, if there's an injury or something going on. Uh, pay attention there. Uh, I, I don't – I mean, I think he's got a shot. They're all getting reps. Uh, and, you know, I'll be asking Jimmy Leonard that tomorrow, just who he thought, you know, in the, for the first few days, you know, how much he can actually – how much you can actually decipher in terms of who gets more and, and how much, you know, they still aren't going to go full pads until probably, you know, Thursday, Friday ish. So uh, that's, that's another thing to watch there. So I'm, I think he's got a shot if he can prove himself continuously, but I do like what Cone can do. I do like what Caesar Williams can do. And, and, you know, uh, when Hicks gets back, I think, He's a very talented athletic corner from South Florida that could also fit the bill. So, uh, again, wait and see. Uh, there are some players I think that could be better fits. But, you know, Harrell, I really, you know, if, I mean, he looks like he's picking it up. He had a nice, like I said, a nice pass breakup. Uh, and I'm not going to count him out uh, no matter what. Looking at the next one, uh, let's see here. From D Bess at B-E-S-S-D-E-75 on Twitter. Thank you so much. By the way, Brendan and Peter and now D-Best, uh, do you think Cephas is quote-unquote back? Were the details of his injury ever released? Now, very good question there uh, on the details of his injury were ever released. Now, I don't know if, I mean, Wisconsin will just say, like, right leg, left leg, but it appears that, you know, Quintus Cephas actually, according to a report from Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Jeff Petrikas, who I had to actually look up just to make sure, but his report back from December of last year said a broken leg. So if that uh, wasn't necessarily confirmed by UW, but 
the details of his injury were, you know, in terms of being released, well, they were reported upon. Uh, in terms of him being back, you know, honestly, I haven't actually paid a lot of attention to the wide receivers yet. Uh, I think they're very talented, and so I'm not trying to say that they're I'm worried or whatnot. I, um, I'm focused on other positions, even like outside linebacker, cornerback, safeties, tight end, uh, out, you know, and then left tackle. I'm really more interested in uh, in trying to stay focused on that. However, uh, I mean, I think he's he's looked good. Uh, I don't think there's anything holding him back now. I think he might be the most physically built out of the wide receivers, in my opinion. I think he's got the the frame that looks good. I think he'll be back. I think he is back, uh, and he is back practicing at full strength. I haven't seen any restrictions on him in any sense. No non-contact, no contact jerseys like you saw during the spring during the last couple of practices. So that's good news there. And along with AJ Taylor, with Danny Davis, with Kendrick Pryor, and we'll see if what happens with Aaron Crookshank or you know some of the other like redshirt freshmen with Emmett Perry or Cade Green if they can step up. I mean this is the most deep and possibly the most talented group of wide receivers we've seen in quite some time in Wisconsin history. And I think that that starts with Cephas, and I do believe you know he'll be back. I think he'll he could put up some all conference numbers too. This offense is going to be interesting to see how 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 they spread the touches and, and how fast they go and and what they can do. And I mean you know the, the players are self selfless. In that mark too, it's not like a like the varsity blues oopdoo offense uh, where they have like five wide receivers too. You know, it's, this is a pro style offense, and we'll see what happens uh, going forward there. Uh, but yeah, I do think he is back, and I think he'll make a big impact. I think this will be an, at, least, at the very least an all conference year for the junior wide receiver out of Georgia. Thank you very much, D Bess. And then uh, from the lastly, a great name here. The juice is loose at WTIP12. Do you think that Caden Lyles may be a permanent main, mainstay on the D line if he performs well this season? And you know what? This is funny too because uh, yeah, this is a nice way to wrap it up because I feel like this has been the Caden Lyles show uh, because that is the biggest news in my opinion. I don't, I don't believe it is. And. It is. I know Paul Christ made a comment. I wasn't there at Big Ten Media Days, but you saw some reporters tweeted out. I think it might have been John Valdez, Zach Halperin, Jason Galloway, one of those guys, uh, maybe Jeff Rotrikas too. But they had mentioned that, you know, being a permanent mainstay, like, he came to Wisconsin to play offensive line. And I, when I hear that line, I infer that this might be a one-time only deal. Uh, you know, but it really depends on how well he does, right? If he performs lights out, well, it's a good problem to have because – you do have next year at the offensive line, you have, you know, David Edwards is supposed to return. Now, if he gets, you know, depending on injury or other unforeseen circumstance, maybe that doesn't happen. But if he goes through healthy, I know some people are projecting him to go. But then you also have, uh, by go, I mean declare for the NFL draft. But you also have the fact of guys like Bo Benchwell and Michael Dieter, you know, gone. And that would open up the door for someone like Lyles, uh, you know, who looked like he was getting second team reps. And I think he, you know, he's working in here and there during the spring ball too, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with the first team. But yeah, you know, he he's a former four star prep lineman out of Middleton, but also before that in Arizona. And I think, you know, I think his skill set still goes towards that offensive line as an interior lineman, uh, but. You know, it's it's a good problem to have if he does play well. If he is a force, if he is able to clog up the holes and, and the gaps and, and allow the linebackers to make plays. Uh, and like I said, it doesn't look like he's really pushed. You know, I don't think he's really made a 
uh, a bad impact the first three days. And yesterday, like I said, yesterday was the first time they went half pack with the shoulder pads. So uh, obviously we'll see how everything goes once they do put on the full pads later later this week. But, I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I, I don't think it is. I think he goes back to the offensive line. Then again, if someone steps up, it, you know, it's all about stepping up. Uh, and we'll see what happens with, you know, who stepped up on the defensive line. Uh, if, if they can't find, if those players that are there right now can't step up, uh, you know, we'll see what Bryson Williams does that, you know, nose tackle next year. Uh, maybe they need Miles to go back inside to the position that they declared, which was nose tackle in the first place. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But I, I, my gut feeling says he goes back to the offensive line and we'll go from there. Uh, and, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. So it's still the most interesting position move of camp, uh, and him being part of the first team defensive line is even more um, telling as the talent that he has and, and what the defensive line needs right now for Wisconsin. So uh, thank you guys all for those questions. Uh, I'll, like I said, we'll do more mailbag coming up down the road uh, in the, you know, this week, maybe another one or two of those. Uh, on that note, about a half hour in. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to do my little sign-off here. Make sure you guys go to Bucky'sFifthQuarter.com for fall camp reports that I have. We'll have some features going on to recruiting news, uh, Sam Decker trade talk that we just uh, put up there too earlier today. Like us on Facebook. Like us on – follow us on Twitter at B5Q. Follow me at Coco. K-O-C-O-B-5-Q. Uh, like us on Instagram. Guys, we got a post coming up uh, with our photos that we just uh, put out there. It looks really uh, – we're having a lot of fun with it. I'm having fun with my camera. We're allowed to film the first 30 minutes of camp. Uh, so we had a lot of fun just taking pictures. And uh, make sure you guys like us on Instagram, Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Pretty easy there. For the podcast, uh, follow us on iTunes or like us. Uh, subscribe. Uh, like I said, we want those those clicks, those views. We want to give you the best Badger-centric coverage that we can, and that's available. So let us know what we can do better. You know, obviously Google Play. Uh, if you guys have Android phones, and then tune in on the TuneIn app. We are on there as well. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to sign us off here. Guys, have a great start to the week. Uh, tune in again. Maybe I'll come in doing this Tuesday or Wednesday. Maybe I'll do a podcast Wednesday because the team is off. Uh, I'll do a midweek report from the past two days, uh, from Monday and Tuesday's practices, and we'll go from there. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, as we say in Polish, do zobaczenia, my friends. See you soon for another edition of Baki's Fifth Podcast. Yeah.